Good morning. It is time to get up with the moment arriving. A decision imminent that could alter Aaron's entire future, and it may not be up to him. Meanwhile, it appears the Ravens have reached a reluctant realization. Is the beginning of the end upon us in Baltimore? And a sensational Sunday in the NBA. We've got winners, losers, and a new number one overall. We'll tell you who that is right off the top as we get up with you starting right now. Let's roll. What a morning we have. This is a big week. Fowler's got news, and it's big, and it's Rodgers, and we're going to get there in a minute. McNutt is ready to roll. D. Woods got all the insight. Dan Orlovsky is fired up today. Brian Windhorst will join us shortly. Vince Carter will join the party as we get this thing rolling, and we start with the game of the day. Oh, a little rivalry we got working, McNutt. Between those two former teammates, KD and Kyrie, icy in what was a great game back and forth. Yeah, and Kyrie was a wizard. He has improved the pace with which Dallas has played. They were like 29th or up to around 19th since Kyrie's been at that, that was Kyrie on Durant, and now here's Durant the other way. KD was scored 37. Let's go to a minute left in the game. One-point game, Devin Booker. I mean, this is just classic D-Book. Getting to that free throw line, off the dribble, cool, calm, collected. There's not much a defender can do. He scored 36. Now we're late in the fourth. Tie at 118, Luka. This man, he just, Luka refused to be denied. He had some really big plays using his shoulders in the paint. He had 34, now classic Durant. Oh. Back and forth they go. Greedy, that's just not fair. That's just not fair. <laughs> Mavericks looking to respond. Kyrie would score 30. Yeah, I mean, this was an offensive explosion display. It's what you sign up for. It's what you pay your big money for. But I have some questions, Greedy. All right, we'll answer them in a moment. First off, how about KD? That's the huge bucket. We've seen him do it so many times. Suns a two-point lead. One last chance, Mavericks, it's Luka. You know who you're going to, no questions asked. And Luka gets a great look here. He's able to be physical, doesn't get it to fall. Shout out to Kevin Durant coming up with a big-time rebound. I still am confused about what this was all about. Yeah, because D-Book said he wanted a push, which it certainly looked like it was. And now, wait a minute, we're in each other's face, but we're smiling? I don't know what exactly is going on. We'll try and sort it all out. Again, Wendy was courtside. <laughs> the most important storyline here, Suns come away with an unbelievable win. KD over Kyrie. No emotions at all. It's another game. Like I told somebody earlier, I played most most of my career. I played against Kyrie, so I, I, he was on my team for the last couple of years. But majority of my career, I played against him, so I know how I feel. We did our best to make sure the ball found the right people, but um, D Book and KD kept attacking, and they kept him in the game. Felt like we were making some solid runs, and it's just we couldn't get over that hump to close them out. So you just got to tip your hat for them continuing to play and do the little things to get the win. But look, with his new partner, he has just been spectacular. Kevin Durant and Devin Booker have combined for 188 points in the three games they've played together. According to Elias, the only pairs of teammates with more, as you see, all involved Wilt Chamberlain. And anything that involves Wilt Chamberlain is obviously uh, something that is gargantuan. So uh, here's what you have to learn about me, McNutt. Tell me. Like most true geniuses, I won't be fully appreciated until long after my time. <laughs> I told you last week okay. that this was going to be the best team in the NBA uh-huh. when Kevin Durant got there. Am I, and now we're three games in. Am I right? Uh, t- uh, they are the most offensively potent and dangerous team in the NBA right now, yes. 
Uh, I do have some questions about the other side of the ball. I mean, we've got terrific numbers to back it up, and I don't want to have number soup in my mind, so I want to get, look at my phone here. Phoenix is plus 49 in the 67 minutes when Katie and Booker have shared the floor together. 55% from the field goal percentage, 46% from three, 42 assists on 65 field goals. Offensively, I have zero questions, no qualms. But in terms of separating themselves from the team we saw last night, which I don't think is going to go very deep in the playoffs, it came late, but it wasn't significant. So are they going to have enough over the course of the series to defend? Because these two teams, in many ways, Greeny, mirror one another. They both traded tremendous defenders to add supreme talent. So I do think that Phoenix is deeper than Dallas, but I am concerned in the nature of a series about the defense. Look, I mean, Kevin Durant has finally found the teammate of which yeah. he has dreamt, and that is Booker, a guy who, like him, only cares about playing and winning. And we will see. All right, we're going to get Vince Carter in here, Brian Windhorst, who is at the game, and much more from Monica as the hour continues, so stay close. In the meantime, football, a decision from Aaron Rodgers on his future could come at any moment. The big question this morning, have the Jets run out of patience waiting for that decision, and could they pivot to Derek Carr as soon as today? Jeremy Fowler, who happens to be seated directly to my right, tweeted this yesterday. While the Panthers and Saints remain in the conversation for Derek Carr, the former Pro Bowl quarterback has a slight lean towards the Jets as his next home as of now. Nothing is final, but the Jets, who are linked to Rodgers, have made an impression. The question is just how mutual is that desire? Fowler, unload it. Let's go. What do we have? Well, I'm hearing that the Jets are the leader in the clubhouse as of now for Derek Carr. Saints and Panthers still involved, but... This is mutual in the sense that the coaching staff of the Jets, I know, would be very happy with Derek Carr. Like, this would not be a letdown <clears throat> at all. But everybody is still waiting on Aaron Rodgers. There's no firm clarity as of yet. I have talked to multiple teams, though, in the quarterback market who believe that this is a tough trade to pull off with the Packers if it gets to that point because of the $58 million that he's due in a guarantee in 2023. Teams might have a hard time coming around on that. So it's possible that the Jets are pivoting a little bit at this moment. So, so let's go, dive into exactly what that is. The Jets, we have said all along, watch how they handle Carr. That will tell us what right. they think is happening with Rodgers. I'm just going to ask it to you as directly as I can. Should we assume from what you are telling us that the Jets have come to the realization that it is unlikely they will get Aaron Rodgers. Well, I'm trying to find that out now. That is not firm yet, but uh, it's possible here. Leaning that, the, that way. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's. I think the, I'll put it this way: the car situation is live and could come to a head here with urgency. So that would tell us that either Aaron Rodgers doesn't have clarity on a situation, that retirement is still an option. Or he's going to be hard to trade. Now you have teams like the Raiders, others that could be involved with Aaron Rodgers as well. So a lot's supposed to play out. The Derek Carr situation is live, D. Wood. How does that make you feel? I've said from the beginning, I thought the Jets should lean that direction towards Derek Carr. Derek well, Carr. Yes. Listen, there's no, no one can deny the, 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 the talent disparity. Like Aaron Rodgers, the first ballot Hall of Fame, all of that, get all of that. But I think... For this Jets team, which is a very young team, they got a very good young nucleus. I think Derek Carr makes more sense from, from a variety of reasons. One, you're not going to have to give a give a draft compensation to go get Derek Carr. He's a free agent. You can sign him anytime you want. Two, I think Derek Carr is going to be a guy you're not going to have to wonder year to year if he's going to be, be with the organization. This is a guy that's probably going to be there from the first day of OTA, first day of uh, when, when, you know, when, when the workout program is, is starting. I think that's critical for this Jets team. Again, when you're as young as the Jets are, particularly at all the right places, 
They need someone that's going to be there from day one. Dan Orlovsky, your thoughts? Is this gamesmanship by the Jets? Is this the Jets kind of, kind of putting the timeline to Aaron Rodgers and saying, hey, we're ready to move on Derek Carr, making it publicly known that we're going to go get or add Derek Carr because we've got free agency in a week and we need to know how much money we've got to spend. We've got a draft that we've got to get ready for. Do we have that first round pick or not? And is this the Jets kind of taking control of the situation and maybe putting it on more of their time frame than Aaron Rodgers' time frame and saying, hey, we got to get an answer right now. So let's make sure that everyone understands if you're going to continue to wait or not giving us answer, we're going to go get Derek Carr. Now, to the Derek Carr part of this, I don't disagree with Wood. As I sit here March 6th, a month ago, I would have never said this. And we kind of talked about this a little bit last week, Greeny. If you're the Jets, you got to ask yourself this question. With Aaron Rodgers... Are we a better team without a guy like Carl Lawson and DJ Reed and DJ Mosley um, or CJ Mosley, excuse me, are we without that first round pick plus Aaron Rodgers? Or are we a better team with Derek Carr adding that first round pick to our roster and probably being able to keep at least two or three of those veterans? I think that's where the Jets have to ask themselves where are they the better football team with either quarterback, their playoff team? Let's be clear about that. With either quarterback, they're a playoff football team. I think they got asked which, which team they believe are, they are better with with what quarterback. Jeremy, where does this leave Rodgers? Let, let's, let's try. It's so hard for me to organize all of my thoughts in this because there, there are so many moving pieces uh, in this. Let, let's focus in for a moment here on Rodgers. What we know is that everyone is still waiting. The first shoe yeah. that has to drop in all of this is for him to inform the Packers of where his mind is. I have been repeatedly told, do not overlook the possibility of his retiring. Yes. Everyone keeps pointing to all the money he has on the table, and 99% of the people on planet Earth would just, that's it, he's going to play for sure. He's an unusual dude. So that's on the list of options yep. here. He, he needs to make the first move here at some point, and we expect it to be soon. Correct. I talked to a source with the Packers organization who said that they are giving him the time that he needs because he's earned that as a former MVP, Super Bowl winner, 15 years of the franchise. So they're giving him that space. I do think there's been some correspondence, but there has been no firm decision on the direction yet that we know of as of now. So that's put everybody on pause. So if you're the Jets, he's been option A in the past and, and maybe still is, but you can only wait so long to a point where Derek Carr is the bird in hand right now. And, and then the complicated part of this comes in because I have also been told, and obviously you've been hearing it, you've been hearing it from 10 people for every one I've heard it from, is that the Packers probably in their heart of hearts, are prepared to move on from Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. So where, if Rodgers decides he still wants to continue to play and the Jets have moved on to Derek Carr, where does this leave one of the greatest players of all time? Well, there should still be options, though, because you have the Las Vegas Raiders need help at quarterback. Like, I'm told even the Jets went into this whole process knowing that there would be other suitors for Aaron Rodgers. He's number one first in line on the quarterback unless Lamar Jackson becomes available in the coming days. And so if he wants to play, he's going to have options to play. What complicates matters for the Packers is you have Jordan Love, a guy that they really liked the steps he made this last year. He wants to play, mm -hmm. is ready to play. And if Rodgers is there another year, something's going to come to a head. He can make a trade request or want to go play elsewhere because that's what he wants to do. And so the Packers believe he's ready to play as well. That's why that there's some trade movement a little bit so far. All right, so what we have here is the highest stakes. Why are you shaking your head like that, Dan? G give me a really quick take. Go. 
Free agency starts in seven days. The Jets need to know as a football roster who's going to be on their team when it comes to veterans. That's why this has to happen. This has to happen sooner rather than later. For the, you can't sit and wait on Aaron knowing he carries a $60 million price tag and have any clue what kind of football team you're going to have in the future. And that, you're a 1,000% right, and that's true for all the teams that are involved in this mix. They have to carry that salary cap number on their cap for at least one day, which means they have to clear the decks of all of that money on their cap uh, between now and the time that they would, uh, the, the new year, league year, which would start, which would be the middle of next week. So let me pause on that thought for a minute. There are still a million different pieces of this story we have to get to, and you mentioned the Lamar Jackson of it all. That finally comes to a head one way or another tomorrow. The deadline for the tag is upon us. Jeremy will give us the likeliest scenario. I'm going to tell you right now, it could shake up the entire league. Plus, later in the hour, are the Giants about to overpay for their quarterback? And if not, could it mean the end of his partnership with his best teammate? This is an extremely important day in the NFL. Stay with us as we get up with you on ESPN. Dell Tech Fest starts now. To thank you for 40 unforgettable years, Dell Technologies is celebrating with anniversary savings on their most popular tech. For a limited time only, save on select next-gen PCs like the XPS 13 Plus, where you can make the everyday easier with Windows 11. Unleash more possibilities with cutting-edge systems, their most advanced features, and great prices. Plus, curate your dream setup with deals on select monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at dell.com deals, you'll have access to state-of-the-art technology to match your forward-thinking spirit and free shipping on everything. Anniversary savings await you for a limited time only at dell.com slash deals that's dell.com slash deals passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Delicious, meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut, or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. 
Get Up is brought to you by Golden Corral. All right, so much going on in the NFL. Jeremy Fowler has been fielding phone calls all during our break. Let's run through some other notes here. Jeremy, let's start with Anthony Richardson setting the world on fire this weekend at the Combine. Richardson blew up the Combine, strengthening his case as a high first-round pick. Teams I've talked to are all over the board with their scouting departments about where they rank this guy. Some have him as a first-round pick. Some have him as a fourth-round pick, which is crazy. But here's an example. I talked to a team at the Combine who said that they're taking sort of internal bets about whether Anthony Richardson will go in the top 12 of this draft and that most of those people in that building believe that he will. So he's a virtual lock to go high at this point. Now we have Bryce Young. Didn't throw the Combine. You see him there, but he is heavier, weighed in at 204 pounds. That's good and bad news for teams. It's good news because that he has improved from where he was in his weight before but he's considered slight in frame, and that is an issue I've talked to. Or some teams believe that, you know, can he handle a 17-game season and the rigors of it? That is a concern right now. There are no other concerns with his game. But C.J. Stroud, the quarterback, is sort of bridging that gap a little bit, so we'll see. And then there is Lamar Jackson, franchise tag deadline, coming down Tuesday at 4 p.m. Ravens with a major decision to make. I'm told that nothing firm has been decided with GM Eric DaCosta but it's either going to be the exclusive franchise tag, which is $45 million, or the non-exclusive franchise tag, which is more like the low $30 million, lets other teams get involved with the services potentially, and that would create a, a, a new market for Lamar with other teams that the Ravens would have to match. <laughs> All right, so, and, and look, <coughs> this is what I'm trying to tell you, is that there's just so much going on here that it is hard for me to keep everything in order. Dan, why are you shaking your head like that? I just think that's the beginning of the end. For Lamar in Baltimore. I really do. I'm not trying to be hyperbolic. Look, let's look at this from L- Lamar's perspective, okay? If the, if the Ravens decide to place the non-exclusive franchise tag on him, Lamar has been everything for this organization since the first time, th- since they drafted him in the first round. From his perspective, since they've drafted him, Kyler Murray got $190 million guaranteed. Deshaun Watson, coming off of Awful off-the-field allegations. Got $230-plus million guaranteed from the Cleveland Browns. And Tua Tungavailoa got Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. Josh Allen got Stephon Diggs. Lamar Jackson's going to get the non-exclusive franchise tag, and they drafted Rashad Bateman? What? What are, like, what? How, how, how can Lamar sit there and be okay with that situation? How can Lamar see what's going on with his peers? And, and, and I can make the argument with people who haven't accomplished some of the stuff that he's done and be okay with it. There's no way that, 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 that the Ravens could sit there and think that he's just going to sit pat and be okay with that decision. I, I, I think that's exactly right. He, there has obviously been frustration there. Do you feel like we have seen the last of Lamar Jackson in a Ravens uniform? If he gets that non-exclusive, he's gone. He's done. I think he's, it's over in Baltimore. Listen, even with the exclusive franchise, tag, there's only been one player since 2000 that has been trading. That's our very own Joey Galloway. Right. Think about that. The exclusive, only one player since 2000. If they slap the, the, the non-exclusive, basically they're saying they're open for business. Yeah. This whole thing's about exactly. the contract. This whole thing's about the contract. If they slap the non-exclusive, basically what they're saying is, okay, Lamar, test the market, see what kind of contract you come up with, because obviously we can't come into agreement. We can't come into agreement on the contract. So if Lamar Jackson gets that non-exclusive, to me, he is good as gone from Baltimore. But see, if another team makes an offer, 
the Ravens can match it, and then he's there for five years. I, I don't like, think there's no way around that because the, the Ravens thinking if they do this now again, no firm decision, but if they go non-exclusive. They are saying, look, we've had a hard time negotiating with you and finding middle ground for a better part of the last 18 months. Here's your chance to get a deal that you think you're worth from another team. And then if we agree that you're worth that, we're going to match it. And then everybody's happy. If Jer- not, we take our first. Jeremy, let me tell you something. Let me tell on. you something right now. If Baltimore slept that non-exclusive. Atlanta. Go- that's what I'm saying. There's going to be a team <laughs> like Dan just said Atlanta. Yeah. They're going to blow the doors off of, 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 of the Ravens as far as what type of contract they'll put together. You don't think that. You don't think Arthur Blank, the owner of the Atlanta Falcons, is desperate to get a quarterback? He was Dude, in they, on the Deshaun Watson. They thought yeah. they Deshaun had him. Watson situation. Yeah. Like he like they would put a package together that would for, that would force the Ravens' hands on this whole thing. Go ahead, Danny. They thought they had Deshaun. Atlanta thought Deshaun yes, to them was a true. done deal last year. So we, we think that they're not gonna sit there. Could you imagine that offense, Arthur Smith's offense, with Kyle Pitts? And Drake London and their run game with Lamar, you don't think we're gonna, they're going to give up two first-round picks and $250 million for him? If that, where, where, if that, if that tag gets happened, Lamar, Atlanta's going, how quickly can we do this? This offense averages 16 points per game without Lamar Jackson. That's the worst in the NFL over the last two seasons. And, and, and I look at it like this, guys. I look at it like this. And I know it's not apples to apples. Would, would Kansas City ever do this? Would Buffalo ever do this? Would the Chargers ever do this? Would the Bengals ever do this? They would never do that. They would never. And I understand it's not as black as white, black and white as we make it out to be. But if you're an AFC team, this is strictly to Baltimore. I'll throw Indy and Houston. If you don't have a quarterback that is an absolute rock star, you have no chance for the next eight years in that in that conference. Those guys are considered better quarterbacks. No, let, 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 let's just say this. Let, let's, let's not even deal in whether they're better or not. Let's deal in the fact that Lamar Jackson, and I, I, God bless him, seems to have made up his mind that he's going to be the one who gets the fully guaranteed deal out of all of them. So Josh Allen didn't get that, and Patrick Mahomes didn't get that, and none of them demanded it, so it didn't make any difference. And we don't know if Joe Burrow will or if um, Justin Herbert will. The guaranteed piece of this is obviously a major sticking point in all of it. And so maybe what the Ravens are doing is they're saying, we're not going to be the ones who do this. Let's see if someone else puts that deal on the table. I'm not sitting here saying it's right, wrong, or indifferent, but I I think the guaranteed is the word in all of this that's holding it up. That's why I said this is all this is all about the contract, Greedy. Really. Right. If you slap the non-exclusive tag, Baltimore is basically saying, okay, we've we've done all we can do. Let's see if another team can put a package together and let's see what type of contract someone else comes up with because they've been going at this yeah. for a while yeah. and they haven't been well, able to come up with a resolution teams? with yeah. Lamar Jackson. All right, so so what we have going on here is the, the sport is called football, but the game is chicken. Everywhere we go, we've got games of chicken being played all over the place, right? Lamar and Baltimore are going down this parallel path saying, who's going to blink first on the guaranteed? Rodgers and the Packers and the Jets and Derek Carr. Everyone is waiting, and here's the beauty right. of it. It all comes to a head this week, yes? Yes, because the franchise tag is going to create a lot of momentum. The Ravens appear out of ideas. And that's why this is a possibility mm-hmm. right now that it feels that this is on the table. Let's put the onus on Lamar Jackson. All right. Nobody move. We are coming back with much more on this as we go. I have more questions. The Aaron Rodgers of it all could be working itself out literally as we speak. 
as the Jets appear to be reportedly pivoting away from Rodgers. Could the car deal get done today? There's so much inside there. And then again, uh, also in New York, does any team have more at stake in the next 48 hours than the Giants? Daniel Jones, Saquon Barkley, hello, goodbye. We are all over all of it. It's football free agency, and it's Get Up on ESPN. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute. But Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, we continue on Get Up during this incredibly pivotal juncture in the NFL. And, of course, so much of it surrounds that man, Aaron Rodgers, one of the great quarterbacks of all time. As the league and the Packers in particular await the decision from him on his future, the big question this morning is, are the Jets, one of his primary suitors, losing their patience? Could they be pivoting to Derek Carr? Again, Jeremy Fowler has been on this all morning long, and your phone has been ringing off the hook in every commercial <laughs> break. What can you tell us? All right. Just made a few calls, Greeny. The Jets are not out on Aaron Rodgers. I can say that. Keep talking. But Derek, <laughs> but Derek <laughs> Carr has a lean toward the Jets as his preference. And so the Jets appear to be in a great spot. But talking to multiple teams in the quarterback market, here's the sense right now is that the Packers, with Aaron Rodgers in his contract, have a $58 million balloon payment this year. Teams don't really want to take that on, or they at least want to rework it. Uh, the Packers, as of yet, haven't found a sweet spot with another team to be able to do that. And so you run into some roadblocks right now where teams might have to pivot soon. Nothing official, say, with Derek Carr and the Jets. But if it trends that way, that could be wise because there's a roadblock on the contract with Rodgers and the Packers. Yes, that was always going to be a major complication in all of this. Whatever team is going to acquire Aaron Rodgers is going to have to give up whatever they do in a trade and then going to have to figure out how to absorb the enormous contract that he has. D. Wood, I cut you off earlier this morning as we were diving into this and it continues here. I keep talking about these games of chicken. The Jets and Derek Carr, he's, they like him, he likes them, but they're, that's not going to last forever. They're waiting on Rodgers. How do you see it? I still think it, I think it's going to be Derek Carr. I, I think when you look at, and, and, and uh, Orlowski alluded to this, I think when you talk about Aaron, bringing Aaron Rodgers aboard. 
with that big type of payment that the Jets will have, they're going to have to somehow fit into their salary cap. How many pieces are going to have to be taken away from the from that Jets team in order to fit Aaron Rodgers in? And then on top of that, what type of compensation are the Jets going to have to give up as far as draft compensation to the Green Bay Packers? And I think when you look at the Jets, again, all their young players on rookie deals, all their good young players on rookie deals, Derek Carr is sitting out there as a free agent. You don't have to give up anything. He's a guy that's going to be there from day one of the uh, uh, of OTAs and your and your you know your spring workouts and all that type of thing. So I think ultimately that's probably the the, the direction that the Jets going to go in. Dan Orlovsky, here here's the, the, let's talk about the Rodgers piece of all of this. Yeah. Because Rodgers is the one who has the first decision to make. And if what Rodgers decides is that he wants to come back and play and he wants to finish his career where it has always been in Green right. Bay, that's when things get awfully interesting. How do you see it? Well, that's the best place for him to, to be a Super Bowl contender is in Green Bay, unquestionably because of the roster and unquestionably because of the conference. But do the Packers want him to be there? That, that's the biggest kind of part of this conversation, and is, does Aaron want to stay in Green Bay? I, I have questions after Jeremy's initial report, Greeny. All right, and maybe he can answer, maybe not. So, one, where do the Jets lean? I don't necessarily really care right now where Derek Carr leans. Where do the Jets lean? Who's the guy that they want? Number two... Is there any conversation that Aaron is somewhat willing to um, alter the finances of the contract? Does he have to pay, take a pay cut? Is he, is he in all any way willing to do that? And then does Zach Wilson play a part of this conversation at all for the Jets? Are they looking at a guy that can play and play at a certain level for them that also is willing to mentor Zach Wilson if that is part of the conversation? Those are the questions I have after hearing Jeremy talk. Okay, so yeah. l- let me answer the third one. No, Zach Wilson should have nothing to do with this conversation whatsoever. Now let me go for the first two. Poor Zach. I, I, I turned to Jeremy Fallon. So, Dan, Aaron Rodgers has been option A, and to my understanding remains option A. Derek Carr has been option B. The okay. problem is it's not that simple because of that money. If Green Bay is not willing to alter that money, I don't get the sense the Jets want to take on the $58 million plus give up the draft capital. So unless they find a sweet spot with Green Bay, then Derek Carr would be the option. Now, the New Orleans Saints are still heavily in the mix for Derek Carr as well. And I would just point out there is absolutely nothing that any of us have ever observed in Aaron Rodgers' past that has suggested he'd be a person who'd be amenable to saying, oh, yeah, I'll just take less money. That that just doesn't feel like his his vibe. Green Bay could facilitate a trade by paying some of that. Oh, oh, so they could pick up some of the money here. That's another thing that feels unlikely in all of this scenario, at least to me. If you're Green Bay, you're going to pay Aaron Rodgers to leave? Feels like a sort of a strange and very risky move to make. In the Meantime, while we have that going on and we have the Lamar Jackson deadline tick, tick, ticking towards tomorrow, it's also ticking on this quarterback. Time running out for the Giants to lock up Daniel Jones on a long-term deal before tomorrow's franchise tag deadline. Remember, if they don't, they will have to tag Daniel Jones. Realistically, there's no question they would have to do that because otherwise he would become a free agent and they could lose him. And that, of course, could have an enormous impact on the future of their star running back, Saquon Barkley. Walk us through it. Yep. So the Giants and Daniel Jones reps have been negotiating feverishly on a deal that could be four years in excess of $160 million per year, maybe even $170 million. But the Giants have not shied away from a big number that could be in the 40-plus million dollar range per year. But they have until Tuesday, 4 p.m., to try to hash that out. That's the franchise tag deadline. If they don't reach a deal by then, Daniel Jones will be tagged. 
That has been the plan. If they do reach a deal by then, then they would franchise tag, most likely, Saquon Barkley at around $10 million. So a lot of hands in the fire for the Giants right now. In the event, let's just say this, in the event that Daniel Jones winds up with the franchise tag, I never want to pin you down to this level. Should we assume that it is a a real possibility that Saquon Barkley is on another team this coming season? Real possibility, yes. This is a player who's earned a good contract. The franchise tag would be $10 million. He's due a lot more than that per year on a long-term deal. That's the rub. So if he's a free agent, they would probably still negotiate up until free agency next week, but it would be less likely for him to return. Dan, are are you on the phone? What is going on here? (laughs) Greeny, I just called my sons who are in fifth grade. I told them to drop out of school and just go throw a ball. Daniel Jones mm-hmm. going mm-hmm. to get $40-plus million? That's what it sounds like. Listen, I don't, I don't, I don't want to kill Daniel Jones. I, I, he earned his money last year. He played better. Seven months ago, Daniel Jones went into this season with 50 touchdowns and 49 turnovers. And now we're talking about paying him like $300,000 a month less than Patrick Mahomes? Uh, that's, that is mind-boggling to me. Because if you're the Giants, <laughs> who else is paying him this money? Mm-hmm. Who else? If, if you don't give him this money and, and, and he hits the market, <laughs> who's paying him 40-plus million dollars? 35, I'm cool with. 30, 35 million dollars, I can understand. For a guy that we're going to sit here and say, you, did the one, you didn't turn the ball over last year? We're paying you 42-plus million dollars a year? I can't wrap my brain around that. I can't. I, I can't comprehend that. I, I. I understand the whole market. I can't wrap my head around that one. And you, D. Wood. This whole thing is just so funny to me, man. <laughs> Why is it so funny? What is funny? It's like, really, Daniel Jones is about to get like forty some million dollars. Yes. That's it, listen. Patrick I know in the meeting. Listen, I know in the meeting. I. I said. It's not about what somebody deserves, it's what somebody's willing to pay you. Yes. Just the you fact that Daniel Jones, after last year when the Giants weren't even willing to exercise the 50 option, coming back the next year could possibly be getting 40 something million dollars a year. It's just mind but it's crazy. crazy. Listen, I never want to be in another person's pockets. God bless him. I hope he gets every penny sure. that he can. I want everyone to get every penny that they can. But the reality is, I think Dan made the good point. They are negotiating against themselves. If, if they put the non, what's the non-exclusive franchise tag, the one that we're talking about with Lamar Jackson all this time, no one is going to give them two first-round picks, right, in order to steal away Daniel Jones. So I, I don't see it. Like I just don't understand. Help me with help all the three of us who are not understanding this with the logic of it. Well, the logic is that by the time Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, all these guys get paid. 40-plus million dollars might actually rank ninth or 10th in the quarterback pantheon of payments. Like, it's really not all that crazy. Plus, is a guy who had minimal receiver help, took him to the playoffs, and won a playoff game. That pays, especially when they didn't pick up the option. They knew if he balls out, this is a possibility that he has all the leverage. All right, everybody stay where you are. There's so much more to come on all of this. And we haven't even gotten to an incredible, a sensational (laughs) Sunday in the NBA, which we will take you through as we continue as well. Fire and ice. KD facing Kyrie. Two teammates getting heated. This was a crazy day. We are all over the NBA's fabulous finishes as we roll on. It's Get Up on ESPN.
Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Since 07, when I stepped into the league, I feel like every game in Dallas has been like this. Eight-second difference in the game in shot clock. Durant driving on Hardaway. Pull-up jumper. We had to, you know, be locked in all the way to the last possession. Down two, 11 seconds left. Doncic driving, getting deep, creating space. Missed the shot! To Devin Booker and Doncic go face-to-face. So you guys say you don't want everybody to be friendly-friendly. There you go. We got some smoke. It's all good. Just next time, don't wait till it's three seconds left to talk. What a day it was in the NBA yesterday. McNutt continues with us. The great Vince Carter is up early with us this morning. And Brian Windhorst, too. And, Wendy, you were there yesterday for this. So we've talked about this. I will go uh, as far as the basketball meaning of it in a moment. But let's start with the relationships. Wendy, I did not see from the television any evidence of KD and Kyrie seemingly saying anything to each other. You were there. What did you see? Nothing. They didn't even look at each other. Multiple times, even when the game was in TV timeout, they walked past each other and didn't even turn their heads. At the end of the game, Kevin Durant hugs his former Nets teammate, Markeith Morris, who had been with him for a few months, doesn't even look in Kyrie Irving's direction. You know, he said last week, Greeny, on his podcast, that he and Kyrie had not had a discussion since their breakup. Well, I'm here to tell you that discussion has still not happened. And it didn't happen yesterday, and it didn't happen post-game yesterday. And frankly, I don't know when it's going to happen because if there's there's only relationship they have right now is zero relationship. Okay, fascinating, obviously. So all of the drama and all that stuff, which, you know, the league, I think, really builds itself on, and that was a terrific matchup, and maybe we get it again. But so, Vince Carter, here comes the real question. I asked it to Monica earlier. I'll ask it to you. I am of the opinion that with KD and Devin Booker and Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton, and I know that they're a lot less deep than they were before they made that trade, um, but with that collection of players, I believe this team is going to win the Western Conference and wind up in the NBA Finals. What do you think, Vince Carter? 
Uh, it still remains to be seen. I think they're very capable. Yes, they can win if KD and Book are playing at that level. But you're still going to need CP to, to, to give you double figures and play well and score because there's going to be times when you're going to have to win in the mud and you're going to have to find other guys to give you something. And when I mean something, you're going to have to get that 15 or 20 points from some, someone sometime. Even DeAndre Ayton. My thing is the bench. What are you going to get from the bench? The consistency from the bench. You've given away all your defenders, but you still have some pretty solid defenders. Not saying that, but shooting. You're going to have to shoot the ball because when it comes playoff time and teams have time to prepare for you, guess what? I'm double teaming. I'm making it tough on them, and I'm going to live and die with the roster they have shooting the ball, particularly if they're inconsistent. Oh, VC, I'm with you, right? But, like, then I'm digging into these numbers trying to get my brainiac on from last night. And you look at the amount of times that Devin Booker got shots that were uncontested. He had 11 what are considered mm -hmm. open shots. He was 6 of 11 compared to KD only having 24% of his shots considered open because of all the double teams. So I think that was a total of four shots. And so what we saw yesterday was, an, was a glimpse of what you just talked about. Ish Wainwright capitalized on the swing-swing situation, right? Like he got multiple threes in the right. corner because of the double teams that were coming to KD. And then I'm like, I know this is a small sample size, but what is this team's uh, defensive numbers since KD has joined yes. them? And they're at like a 107.1. One in terms of defensive efficiency, which would be the best in the league. Very small sample size, but humor me. Mm -hmm. The Cavs are sitting at the top of the league at 109. And so, yes, I think you're absolutely right. And I know I said I needed five games to see what's going on. But the offense, Greeny, like you can't deny the offense. And, and Wendy, I mean, let, let's, right. to me, this is the teammate. To the point you just made about Kyrie, this is the teammate KD has been searching for. A guy who just wants to ball, as we say. A guy who just wants to win. He finally got himself to that guy. Took sort of a roundabout way to get there, uh, Wendy. But he finally got himself to Devin Booker. Yeah, and they're 3-0 and all road games, and they scored 188 points together in their first three games, which is the most since Will Chamberlain and any guy you want to pick who was his teammate in 1962 when he averaged 50 a game. One thing I'll say, the <laughs> strange thing to watch when you see the Suns is how the Mavericks, and I assume more teams coming forward, just ignore Chris Paul. He is totally being ignored. Teams are saying, we don't believe you can beat us, and that's going to come down to it. I, 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 it's really going to be... Uh, a, a test on whether Chris Paul can still shoot the basketball. Okay, so we've got them going. Meanwhile, the Bucks lost over the weekend. Their 16-game uh, winning streak was snapped by the Philadelphia 76ers, which means the longest win streak in the NBA belongs to the New York Knicks. They took an eight-game win streak into Boston last night. The Celtics were looking for revenge after an earlier week meeting, and the Knicks were playing without Jalen Brunson. But what a thrilling game this was. It's a four-point game in the final seconds when Marcus Smart knocks down a shot from the corner. 16 seconds left. Celtics are down three. Monica, they're looking to tie it. This was a big-time, total grow-up opportunity for the Knicks. Now, this Quentin Grimes has been relied on as his defense. you got to stay solid there. Don't reach and put Jalen Brunson, or Jalen Brown, excuse me, on the line. Which he did, so that would tie it, and they'd go to overtime. 35 seconds left. Celtics down one. Tatum to Horford. Celtics a two-point lead. Knicks go to Emmanuel quickly. Uh, IQ godson. I mean, the favor was upon him in this performance. This young man has to be in the conversation for sixth man of the year. Six seconds left in the game. Jason Tatum for the win, and it's no good. We're going to a second 
overtime. Midway through the second, quickly had a career-high 38 for New York. I have talked all season about how the game has significantly slowed for IQ. He makes decisions. You can tell that he's in control. He got to his floater. He was lethal. Final minute, this is Jason Tatum, who got ejected from their meeting on Monday. He would score 40. But in the end, not enough. Celtics down two. Here's your game winner for Horford, and it's no good. The Knicks have won nine straight <laughs> games. They did this one without their best player, I think, in Jalen Brunson. Again, quickly had the huge night with the 38, and don't look now. But the Knicks are just a game out of a top four seed, which would mean home court in round one. New York averaging 124 points per game during the win streak. So as they chase Cleveland, let me start with Vince Carter here. VC, uh, the East has sort of turned itself into a big three, right? Look at the smile, right? So we know we got Philly, we got Milwaukee, we got Boston. Are the Knicks next? Are they the next best team in the Eastern Conference? I know I got some. Uh, yeah, I see you, Monica. Okay, mm, okay. I'm listening. They are right now, they are playing the, some of the best <laughs> basketball in the league. And I think they're extremely capable. I got to see them live. And yes, Monica, I know. I got to see you, them live and do their thing. And one thing I like about this team is defensively, first of all, they're flying around. They have everything they need defensively to get wins. Because if we think about last time they were in the playoffs, They didn't get it done defensively, and they didn't have another guy to rely on. Now you have guys to rely on on both ends of the ball and don't have to put it all on on Randall, who I thought, you know, you can just see the difference. Now he has space because he knows Brunson can get it done. Now you see quickly get it done. And then defensively, adding Josh Hart, I think, just the heartbeat. His energy and effort has changed the dynamic of this team. Monica, for those who don't know, is very close to the Knicks. You work also for MSG, their network. You cover their games on the radio and do a lot of TV work as well. So you're seeing them night in and night out. I think a lot of people wonder, just how good is this team? This team has grown leaps and bounds over the course of this season, Greeny. Last night we had our MSG group chat going because, to me, I marvel. I can remember the end of November, December, this team is going to need a bench. They don't have a bench. They're not deep enough. That is no longer the case. Isaiah Hartenstein's giving you great minutes. Josh Hart, obviously, has been a tremendous addition. Last night, Emmanuel quickly starts, but when he doesn't start, he's coming off the bench, and he's just been so productive. Yesterday was particularly special because they did it in the absence of Jalen Brunson, and I had a chance to talk to Quick yep. a little bit uh, prior to one of my ESPN games for the Knicks, and he just talked about how Jalen, JB, is that's big bro. He's learned so much from him, and the one thing that I love about Jalen's game is he's very rarely rushed, and you have seen that rub off on Quick this year. He understands change of speed, change of direction so well. Wendy, how about the week the Knicks just put together? Huh. How about the weekend uh, in Miami uh, on Friday? The double bang from the rare, rare double bang from Mike Breen on MSG when Julius Randle hits. I mean, it's an insane shot that he hits to win that game. They haven't beaten the Celtics three times, Hembo tells me, in a season in a decade. And they go up there and do it. Uh, Emmanuel quickly plays 55 minutes. They are incredibly hot right now. Everything is going their way. I don't want to say anything. I will just say that they do have a very difficult schedule coming up. They have a, mm-hmm. a, a, a winnable, very winnable game Tuesday at the Garden against the Hornets. And then it's out west. And they play six of seven on the road. So... If they are still in good position in the standings in about 10 days, we are really going to have a discussion about the Knicks' chances in this postseason.
All right, everybody stay where you are because there's so much more on all of this as we go. It's an incredibly busy morning, as you can see. Meanwhile, let me run the floor through some of the other NBA action on the floor this weekend. It was a great weekend in that regard. Giannis Antetokounmpo rebounded his own intentionally missed shot with a second left. That gave him a triple-double. Do <laughs> we like that, Monica? I don't know. It's kind of a weak, right? I'll take it. More times than not, Giannis's triple-doubles are tried, tested, and earned. I think he can have this one. All right. One way or another. They, they beat Washington by six. Uh, in L.A. on ABC, Steph Curry returned after missing a month. He scored 27, but not enough. Anthony Davis had 39. Lakers beat the Warriors. L.A. now even with Utah for the final play-in spot. And then a late-night game on ESPN. Clippers got their first win with Russell Westbrook in the lineup. L.A. ending the game on a 28-8 run to beat uh, the Grizzlies. Paul George led the way with 42 points. Now, the Grizzlies were playing this game uh, their first uh, at this point in time without John Morant. And that obviously was a huge story over the weekend. This with Morant stepping away from the team in what uh, Adrian Wojnarowski called a de facto suspension Morant is seeking help as the NBA conducts an investigation into the Instagram Live video that he posted early Saturday morning. In that video, Morant displaying what appeared to be a gun while at a nightclub. The Grizzlies initially said Morant would be away for at least two games. But last night, their coach Taylor Jenkins said there is no definitive timetable for Morant's return. We take it very seriously. Um, you know, there's uh, two elements to this that I want to make very clear. There's a supportive element, you know, someone that's, you know, got to get better and, and, and needs some help. But then also there's accountability to the team that we got to stand for. Um, so obviously uh, nationwide, you know, league-wide, there's a, a lot of attention on gun violence. And, um, you know, for us internally in this matter, you know, that that's the stance that we've taken about how we can support Ja throughout this growth opportunity. It's a learning opportunity, um, you know, and then hopefully we can be better from it. In addition to that video on Saturday, Morant has reportedly been involved in two other instances in which he or acquaintances of his were alleged to have brandished a firearm. We will break briefly here. We'll come back again. A decision imminent on Aaron Rodgers. Jeremy Fowler with the very latest right off the top. Don't miss it. Get up on ESPN.